Good morning. Pam asked us to start right at 9.45, and you are welcome to keep coming in and getting settled. But we have quite a bit to get through, so I will start us off. Pam Larson is not here, as you can see. She's dealing with some health stuff. So she asked me to give the welcome. And after that, we'll have a quick panel discussion with some of the, leader, or the teachers for this study. And then um, we'll head to Charisse teaching today. And then we'll have discussion time after that. So that's kind of the layout for the morning. So on behalf of Pam Larson and the Women's Ministry Team and Bible Study Committee, welcome to North Women's Bible Study for summer 2021. He hears me and he hears you when you pray. Our desire is that you will learn to trust the Lord who hears your prayers. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 1 John 5, 14. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Psalm 34, 17. There are many more promises and testimonies in God's word that remind us that he is faithful to hear us. For one very sweet example, we can turn to Exodus, where we will be studying in the fall. It says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up from God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Sisters, God hears. God remembers, God sees, God knows. So resolve to go boldly before the throne of grace and pour out your heart to him. Prayer is a privilege granted to the children of the Heavenly Father. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 God is our refuge and our strength. He is gracious, merciful, and abounding in steadfast love. So run to him, pray. Our theme verse for the summer is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Luke tells us about a woman named Anna, who spent most of her life as a widow. For decades, she prayed for the promised one, the Messiah. She just kept fasting and praying, praying and waiting. She persevered in prayer without ceasing. When Joseph and Mary came to the temple to present Jesus to the Lord, she was 84 years old. Luke says, she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Oh, may this study bear the fruit of persistent, passionate prayer in our lives because he hears us. So now I'll welcome our panel to come up. And in case you missed it earlier, our format for the, the morning is that we have our format for the morning is that we will have 
a quick panel discussion, and then um, you'll have teaching from Sharice on the Lord's Prayer, and after that, some discussion time. Discussion today will not be terribly, so the, the discussion today is not probably going to be very long. There will be much more time in, um, in the future, but yes, so here we are. Um, the point of this time, I think, is to help you get to know your teachers a little bit and to help us kind of start thinking about prayer. So the first thing Pam asked us to do was to introduce ourselves. I'm going to let Julia start. Hi, I'm Julia Dembeck. I've been attending um, this campus for about 12 years with my husband, and we have three boys, five, three, and eight months. And Pam asked us to share just a little bit of our testimony and how we experience the true gospel. Um, so I want to share some of those glimpses of how Jesus has worked in just drawing me um, to himself. And so I grew up in a Christian home and experienced just what it means to truly love Jesus and be changed by him through my grandma. She had just this deep abiding faith and her love of Jesus was so contagious and it just, as a little girl, sparked something in me and I wanted that. And so I trusted Jesus at a young age um, and thought, yes, everybody needs to know this Jesus. And I saw the spirit working and it was exciting to be able to go to the grocery store with my mom and walk down the aisle and say, hey, do you know about Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. So much so, we didn't get our shopping done very quickly, so she stopped taking me to the grocery store. <laughs> so I wanted everyone to know about Jesus. Um, but then in college, I experienced an abusive relationship, and that was the first time I really had to wrestle with these truths that I know, and is God good? And how can I reconcile suffering in his sovereignty? And through years of counseling, I, I, was, I came to fully grasp the gospel and that I am a sinner and there's nothing I can do to earn salvation and redemption and being fully transformed and understanding God's heart and his character. Um, and through the years, the Lord has continued to just shape and understand what it means to live out the gospel. Um, about nine years ago, I had um, a diagnosis where I was given just a couple years left to live, and from that just also just rocked me, and what are these truths that I believe, and how does it transform how I live, and living in light of eternity, and so it has been this continual just daily humbling of, Jesus, I need you, and I want more of you, and I want to make you known, and what does that look like, and in this current season of still having a variety of health issues and knowing just how sweet it is to have this study of that he hears us, he knows our cries, and he is faithful in my insufficiency and weakness. He is sufficient in that we get to be tethered to him and his grace that he supplies. Um, and so I am so thankful to be able to learn and grow from each other as sisters to hear from God and see how we can apply and walk in these truths. And so I am thankful for each of you and that we can have this time to learn and grow together. Um, so doing this study is a simple joy. And another simple joy is that we live, um, where we live, we have a lot of lakes and trails just in walking distance. And my boys love fishing and just being in the water. So 
every day we go on the trails and we just love exploring around the water and throwing in rocks and fishing. So that's a little bit about me and what God is doing in this season. Good morning, I'm Sharice Compton. I have yet to meet many of you, but I do see some familiar Bible study faces out there, so it's good to see you. Um, a little bit about me, we moved, my husband and my kids, we moved here last July. So we're coming up on our one year anniversary of, be, of being at Bethlehem. Um, I grew up in a Christian home as well, and I made an early profession of faith and there was some early growth. I really enjoyed reading my Bible as a little five and six year old and praying. But you know, when I hit about 13, I think it was, um, I think just through the influence of friends, maybe peer pressure at school, I was embarrassed by my faith. So I made an intentional decision in a lot of ways to kind of reject it. And it wasn't until my junior year of high school when I worked at a summer camp with a friend. Um, I, under the consistent preaching of the word that summer and then the influence of some Christian peers, I thought, what have I done? What, what have I done? This was so foolish. And I think that's when I really experienced God's forgiveness and grace anew, and it's been pretty consistent growth since then, kind of the two steps forward, one step backward, anyway, <laughs> approach to sanctification. Um, and then a simple joy for me now, I told the ladies last night this, but recently, I, or about three years ago, my family became really interested in Premier League soccer. <laughs> so we picked a team, the Chelsea Football Club, based out of London, and they just won the most coveted trophy in European sports. So that was really exciting. <laughs> I'm Amy Catterson and have been a part of Bethlehem since 2002 when I was in college, but here at the North Campus, I think it's been about five years most recently um, with my husband and we have four boys and the Lord just gave us the gift of a little girl on Mother's Day. So uh, I am a little foggy and <laughs> tired, so I hope that the words that come out of my mouth make sense. but. Um, the Lord gave me the gift of a believing family, and I grew up hearing the gospel. I think I was about five, and um, my mom was reading me a children's story called Spunky's Diary, and in this story, a young girl got cancer and died, and when my mom read this to me, I got really sad and upset. So she was asking me why I was crying and I told her I was sad because the girl was gone. And she explained to me because of the story itself that this was a girl who had trusted in Jesus as her savior. So she wasn't gone even though she had died. And she took that opportunity to share the gospel with me. And that is when the Lord gave me faith as far as I am aware. And through my school days, uh, at home. I had consistent time in the word and prayer. I was essentially happy to follow the lead of my parents. And so I think it was in college when I was on my own and encountering things that felt bigger and scarier than I had before that the Lord really called me out to experience walking by faith in him in my own right. And in that, 
in things that felt really scary and uncertain to me, he showed his faithfulness. And that's really when the Lord, I think, um, grew deeper roots and sort of a personal ownership to the faith that I had grown up with. A simple joy for me these days is just in the middle of the night when Jemima is fed and changed and burped and falls asleep, and I think, oh, maybe I will get to sleep now too. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm Lindsay Osborne, and um, I came to faith in a believing home at a pretty young age. I remember praying in my bedroom um, and trusting Jesus to take the debt of sin and um, my parents did short-term missions in Africa in third and when I was in third and fourth grade. And I, um, I, before I left, I got a picture Bible as a gift. And I remember reading that during my time there and watching the whole story of the Bible connect as one big story for the first time. I had known all the different things, um, but that gave me a picture of how big God is. And so I remember being impressed it was impressed upon me at that point that this was the God I wanted to serve and that I wanted to follow. And he has been very faithful since then in, um, <clears throat> to urge me along toward maturity in Christ in, in all sorts of situations. For me, uh, I used to be a middle school teacher um, in the public schools, and that is still a joy of mine. I, I homeschool my three girls, and I, I love it. It's also the biggest challenge of my life, but um, that's something that I think is really sweet. All right, so on to our, our talk about prayer and um, especially, especially women's Bible study. What do you hope women get out of Bible study when they come this summer? Well, I love the invitation of women's Bible study to come and share together over God's word. And I think that the gathering together of God's people in his spirit is such a significant gift to us in Jesus that he has brought us into the body. And so I hope that this summer as we gather, we are encouraging and strengthening one another simply by the observations and questions that we have as we look at the word together. And I think that is a common experience. Sometimes our, our, our um, experience of the supernatural comes in seemingly natural ways, but God truly meets with us as we gather together in his word. So I pray that will be the common experience this summer. I would add to that, um, just as we meet together, especially for somebody who's newer to the church or who's had trouble making connections at church, it is such a good way to meet people and you get to dive in and understand their heart right away. You don't have to necessarily dabble around with all the small talk, which I hear is not a thing Minnesotans like to do. <laughs> so it's just a good way to make community and build up those and put some roots down in a church and stay connected and make these people your family. Especially after a year of COVID. We can be together. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and I answered this last night um, with sort of a plea to you. My favorite part of doing women's Bible study is that I get out of my narrow, um, self-centered view 
and even my narrowness in how the word has ministered to me. And when you guys participate and you share what, how the Lord spoke to you through the word, how it landed on you, what parts of your lives it touched, um, it opens my vision for what God is doing, and it gives me eyes to see his work in the world, and that's so helpful on a number of levels. So I will repeat that plea <laughs> and say, please share even, even the littlest things that you don't think are significant. Um, there's a reason we need the body. There's a reason we did not do well during COVID. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it really reflects Jesus to hear the word spoken from each other and to hear how it lands on each other. So, Yeah, and it's such a gift to be able to spur and encourage each other on in our different seasons. I have loved that in my decade of doing Bible studies that we can learn from across the generations and experiences and be able to continue to share just where we are at and how that does edify and encourage um, one another. And um, a couple years ago, after I had my second baby and I had a toddler and a newborn and just felt like I was floundering and just my Bible study and just time in the word and prayer was just kind of going by the wayside as I was trying just to maintain things in the home. And I was in a group with women that were a couple decades older than me and they encouraged and challenged me, this time is not wasted. Don't put off being in Bible study just because you have littles. Don't forsake praying like this is a time that you can redeem the time. And they every week spurred me on and said, okay, in these mundane everyday tasks, how can you redeem them to use making food to pray that ultimately we would hunger for the word and be satisfied in the word. And how can you use diaper changes to redeem that time and pray over their purity and that they would fight against the flesh and stand firm in the faith. And so it is such a gift to be able to, in our different seasons, spur each other on and learn and grow from each other. One of our other suggested questions was, um, how do you want to grow in prayer? Or what are some current struggles? I have a lot of struggles. <laughs> Five of them are little. And, and many of the other ones are just blocked in my own brain and my own inclination to be immediately pulled into 100 different directions when I sit down with the intention of praying. And so I think that it's a maybe a encouragement not to feel like the struggle of prayer means that you're failing at it. I think that we struggle in prayer because our hearts are broken by sin and we look forward to the day when we will be with Jesus with whole and healthy hearts and we will experience the communion with him that is pure joy. And this side of eternity we will always struggle and yet the gift of prayer, the invitation to bring our burdens and our cares and our joys to the throne of grace where we find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, which is right now, always, um, is an invitation that I hope we will press on in. So to answer the first part of the question as far as a desire to grow, um, I desire the fuller experience of abiding in Christ in prayer and sort of a, a more intentional communion with him through the day, not, not having these long periods of distraction with activity, 
but in the midst of activity, having a heart that recognizes my father is near and that he uh, is with us in the midst of the chaos. Yeah, I feel my neediness every hour of the day. And so, yeah, that continually turning my thoughts and turning those concerns back to my father that does want to hear um, is a way that I want to continue to grow and being tethered to him. Um, but specifically, being challenged on feeling sometimes overwhelmed and not sure what to pray and feeling like there's so many things I want to pray for and I don't even know where to begin. Um, I've been challenged and spurred on by um, Pastor Stevens' um, challenge to pray the scripture and at the end of the sermon discussion questions, having that blurb of how can I pray this? And so realizing when I feel at a loss of how to pray for this strained relationship or for my son or for this concern, just being able to pray God's word back um, has been so rich and that's a way I want to continue to grow in praying the word. I've always wanted to grow in just... Uh a sustained time of prayer. So, you know, when you have little children, you do master the popcorn prayer and the help, <laughs> help me now <laughs> type of prayer. But I, as my kids have gotten older and less dependent on me for to like meet every one of their physical needs, I, I do have a little bit more time and I've really wanted to grow in sustained prayer. And the, the struggle for me has always been, I, I joke that I have undiagnosed adult ADD <laughs> because I sit down to pray and my mind goes six million directions. So over the years I've tried all kinds of things like journaling and keeping lists and I'm like maybe if I just kneel <laughs> I could concentrate or maybe if I say my prayers out loud that will help. So I've tried a lot of things and I'll talk a little bit about this today but the thing that has helped me the most is actually following the Lord's Prayer and using that kind of dictate to me the categories and just expanding on each one as I go through. But I struggle a lot still with the same things that have plagued me since my youth. So um, yeah, I guess I really want to grow in the focus and discipline of sustained prayer. Can you share a little more of that? Like what does that time look like in the morning or just when you have a block of time? How, how has that been just showing up in this season? Uh, well, I usually try to read my Bible in the morning, same time, same place. I have a plan I follow. Um, I usually do my one-year Bible. That's been really helpful for me. Um, and in each uh, section, there is a psalm included, and I usually will start with the psalm, and I will kind of meditate on that, and that just kind of grows organically into a prayer. Or I think Bible reading is intended to grow into prayer. You, as you're learning more about God's character and you're making the connections um, all across Scripture, your heart does tend, God uses that. His Spirit just causes our hearts to kind of flame alive, and I think that organically grows into a prayer. So it always comes with, starts with Bible reading for me, and then yeah, I try to find a quiet place with few distractions. Sometimes I keep a notebook handy, so when those 45 things pop into my mind, I can write them down, and then I know I won't forget about it. It's there. I can deal with it later. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. I made little notes for myself because I was a little concerned that I would forget things that I had thought about purposely in advance. And when it said, um, how do you want to grow? I just put down the word bigger because um, left to myself, my prayers are 
just too tiny. Um, and it's been so good to have the practice that Julia mentioned of praying scripture. And so instead of just the frantic plea for some kind of insight for how to teach my child math, um, I also get like Colossians 1, 9 through 12, which is insanely big. I'll, I'll read it for you because it encouraged my heart again this morning. It says, um, he prays that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Like that right there is enough, right? But no, there's more. <laughs> so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. I just, I need the scripture to guide my prayers because they're just too small otherwise. So that's my, that's my big prayer for myself this summer is that the, the teaching and the study would increase the size of my prayers, the scope sort of. Yeah. It's so good because I think we all get in a rut with our prayers. We pray the same four things and then we dive into all the things we're anxious about. So it's so nice to be reminded, look, there are so many prayers in the Bible and you can start there. And it, it there's like this endless variety to your praying that way. So And prayers of eternal scope that draw me out of, you know, the crisis of this 15 minutes to what the Lord may do for the glory of his name around the world in the hearts of his people. Um, what has helped you grow in prayer? Well, I think uh, one of the biggest places that I've learned about prayer is in prayer meetings, <laughs> curiously enough. And I, I think we may underestimate the value of hearing one another's prayers, not just people who are like professional prayers, like pastors or someone, but just hearing one another in the body of Christ express our hearts to the Lord. And in the context of, you know, the early morning prayer times or the pre-service prayer times or Wednesday evening prayers, I have just grown in a vision of how to articulate um, desires for God to do big things from hearing other people and the burdens on their heart, which go in so many different directions and so many different aspects of life and the globe that has just helped that to grow. So I, I hope that you won't be shy about praying in our gatherings together in small group time or wherever, whatever context because it does not have to be fancy, well-versed prayers to really edify and strengthen one another in the body. Do you two want to add anything? I, I think what you said last night was good too. She mentioned she just learned from, <laughs> from the professional prayers on Sunday morning. I thought that was good too, just hearing. And obviously those are more um, uh, studied and planned ahead prayers, but those are really beautiful and they do direct us back to the glory of God and just the intentionality and asking for him to work in specific areas. So I, I, I love those pastoral prayers on Sunday mornings and they have taught me how to approach God as well. Amy shared that last night, so I actually just stole it from her. No, I think it was actually Lindsay because she inspired me with her uh, personal taking up of that. Can you speak to that? What, which bit? part of it? 
hearing. I don't remember this. Of like hearing the pastoral more. prayers oh, and how yeah. thoughtfully put together okay, they are. So, um, so my prayers are, are, they tend to be more popcorn, right? Or even just in the moment over the word. But um, the pastoral prayers, I'm always incredibly blessed by. And, and I think it's the practice that they've, and the, the time and the effort that they've put into it to craft something, you know, in really intentionally biblical. Um, and there's a, a, a watching of, uh, there's a shepherding that goes on in it where they're aware of the needs of their congregation. And it's just so much more thoughtful than my normal practice of in the moment, throw it up, thanks Lord. Um, and so the other thing I mentioned last night was a book that really challenged me on this um, and that also has helped me think bigger um, called The Valley of Vision. And this is such a Bethlehem thing to say and do, but it's a collection of Puritan um, prayers and they're amazing and their scope. A, a lot of times there will be a page and it's kind of formed like poetry or something, but. I, I will only get three lines down the page because they're crafted so deeply. Um, the, the meaning is so big, and it's a really helpful pattern for my heart. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how does prayer manifest in your life? As I've been kind of mentioning, just in this need with three littles, feeling these constant, this constant need of being tethered to the Lord, um, but also realizing of needing more daily disciplines to grow in the practice of prayer and bringing my boys into that. And so um, it's been especially sweet having kind of some set times during um, when, we, when we eat. And so that has been sweet to grow my just prayer outward of praying for others and also teaching them. Um, so specifically at um, supper, we work on our the fighter verse and then um, we have all of our Christmas cards on a ring of like the different families and then families that we don't have, we just put them on a um, like three by five card and included it in. And so each night we specifically pray the fighter verse and pray over the global partners and then pray for whichever family um, or friends that come up on our ring. And so bringing the boys into how can we look outward and pray that the gospel would spread through these missionaries? How can we continue to pray that this truth would just transform us and praying for um, the, the family or friends that are on our card. Um, and so that has been just a sweet rhythm that we've been able to also have as a discipline of redirecting the boys. And oftentimes it's been just such a sweet spurring on and then being able to check in with the people and say, yeah, how, what are prayer, like a prayer request that we can pray for and just following up and rotating that throughout um, each week. I think that's such a cool vision of discipleship and wanting to pass on to our kids a love of sharing their hearts and, and interceding for others. And I wonder if Lindsay has any other <laughs> ways that you have practiced that, because I know you do, uh, yeah. and I'd love to hear it. So uh, last night I shared, we have, um, I, I read Paul Miller's A Praying Life, which I love, totally recommend. Um, but one of the things he talked about was having flip cards, like Julia said she does, and have that just helped him pray through 
kind of hitting all the areas he wanted or something. So we started it um, for our morning time with my morning time with the girls um, after we've done our Bible reading. We have some note cards and we have just names or things that we want to pray about. And um, they, they are numbered and they rotate because there was fighting over who would get to pray for who. We're still working out that sin. <laughs> um, yeah, the other day I said, it's okay if she prays for her also. <laughs> yeah, it's discipleship. Um, but it's been really a sweet, um, it's been a sweet habit because it's, um, it's helped us track the Lord's work. It, they are excited when they hear the answers to prayer. They think the missionaries we pray for are total rock stars. And, um, and, and it's, it's set their heart on a course. Um, and so that's been a really good habit, not to mention the fact that I can actually say to people, I prayed for you about this, you know, like how is it going? And that's encouraging for both of us because again, we're hearing God's work in the world. Um, so that's, that's how we do it at our house. We put post-its on um, for the things that are a little more maybe passing um, and it's borne good fruit. But, and our last question that I'll do before we do our, um, our little teasers on the summer was, how has it been a discipline? Um, and this maybe goes back to the struggle thing, but I, I said last night, it's hard. Um, I, I have to, we have to fight for it. I feel the homeschool schedule breathing down my neck at that time of the morning. And I'm kind of like, okay, how fast can we get through this? And yet, of course, I am never sad that I spent the time that way. Our hearts are in a way different place after we have, have tithed on our time like that. Um, so I'm always glad that we've done it. And it's very helpful to have the accountability of three girls who are like, I know what's coming next. <laughs> you can't skip it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that it, the discipline has morphed over time for me, but I am helped by having a purpose in my heart that prayer would be where my discretionary time goes before it goes to other things, before I pick up a book that's really <laughs> drawing me or before I start doodling on my computer, that I would have an intention to pray focused um, before I just shift into other gears. And kind of like you said, Lindsay, it is a fight, but it's a fight that I'm always so blessed by and the encouragement of seeing God's faithfulness is not to be compared with whatever book I would pick up otherwise. Yeah, we were in a um, difficult parenting season about three years ago, and I think we just, it was so good. God really humbled us, you know, he, it, I don't think we like nurtured this idea in our minds that it all depends on us and we can save our children but I think there was a little bit of that there and we thought you know if we just do the right things he'll turn out great <laughs> and I was like well these are just tools that God gives us but why aren't we praying more and it just that just drove my husband and me who we'd never really formed a time where we would pray together but we both felt strongly the need that we needed to pray for our child's soul so we built that into we created a habit every night before bed and I feel like in some ways we 
prayed his soul into the kingdom because we certainly were not able to do that ourselves. And um, we, and because God answered those prayers, um, we've just been emboldened to keep praying. So I think the neediness may turn it into this discipline, this habit we had to create, and then seeing God's faithfulness just kept us there. Like we depend on that and we need it and we want that. I have to cut us off, I'm sorry. I have to do our little, little snippets of what's coming. Amy, would you start us? So I am excited to look with you at Judges 4 and 5. I know that you too are excited to look at Judges 4 and 5, <laughs> those, those very um, wonderful passages. But we will consider Deborah and Barak, or Barak, I'm actually not sure how you say his name, and the way that God works in, on behalf of his people when they are at a desperate place with no resource of their own, and then how that wells up with praise because of his faithfulness. So I look forward to sharing and thinking about it with you. I'm gonna skip me, because you're gonna hear from me in just one minute. We're excited. <laughs> so good. I'll go next, because I'm next in the lineup, I think. I don't know. but. Um, I, uh, we, we had a little planning session and said, oh, we should do a psalm of lament. And so I looked through and I chose Psalm 51, a psalm of confession. But you should still come. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I started thinking like, oh, maybe that will just be sort of depressing because it, it means a focus on all of this ickiness. And um, that's just not pleasant. Um, but I was really blessed by how much um, looking at that psalm reveals of God's heart and how much it helped me revel in the gospel. There is, like, there's really, really a, a restoration of the joy of salvation when you go through the full pattern of that psalm. So, so you should come, even though it's on confession. <laughs> to be able to revel in the gospel, that's reason. Um, so this morning, we get to start with Jesus's prayer, and we get to end our study with um, the other prayer of Jesus um, in John 17, known as the high priestly prayer. And in this prayer, we get that intimate view into the relationship of Jesus and the Father and his prayer before the Father as he prays for himself and then the disciples and then all believers. And we get this to learn and grow and how he approaches the Father and this theme of unity and what does it look like to model our prayers and praying for one another. So I am eager to close our time in being able to continue to boldly and just confidently approach the Father in this way. And I forgot to pray at the opening because that was not on my list. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for Sharice right now, and then she'll get up to teach. And after that, we'll give you directions on the different rooms that you can go to to do small group discussion. All right. God, thank you for this time, for the patterns of prayer that you've given us to help us and to shape our hearts and to help us know you better. Would you um, give Sharice strength now? confidence in your word and peace. Would you open her mouth to speak faithfully? Thank you for the work and the time that she has put into um, diving deep into your word. Would you give us hearts and ears to hear it? We ask this in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. Amen.